Salutation Shades, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley. And Marcus D. And we want to give a big shout out to our newest patron supporter, Matthias Christensen. I believe that I pronounced that right. Please I let hope, me know. I hope I saying it right. <laughs> Thank you so much for becoming a new patron on uh, and giving us support. We always appreciate any support that anybody gives us. Uh, and speaking of patrons, guys, uh, the new poll, by the way, for the, the theme of next month uh, for March is now up. If you guys want to go over there and let your guys' voice be heard on the theme of the content, uh, that's going to be for the month of March. And this is the first video of last month's contest. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about paranormal weather phenomenon during the munch of Feb during the during the during munch, munch? munch are you are you hungry or something no we should be you know what i'm going to say we should be eating food during these podcasts as well yeah we should speaking maybe of that snack. i do have a wine for us if you want to go ahead and cork it now no 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 i want to i want to give a sh yeah go ahead start start corking it now okay we have for today my favorite indiana winery french lick and we're drinking pretty in pink Mm -hmm. I don't think you've ever had this wine, have you? I don't you? think I've ever had that wine. I've had it before. I really like it. You're going to get that out. Uh, the March's theme poll, uh, poll is up right now, guys. We added, for uh, to replace paranormal weather phenomena, we added time and space anomalies, which is currently winning, I do believe, the last time that I checked on our Patreon, by the way. But if you guys want to have your voices heard, all you guys got to do is go over to our Patreon and sign up to be a $2 a month or more or member, and you guys can vote uh, in our poll. All right. Tell me, tell me when. Tell me. What do you? There we go. All right. I like that. You gave me Is like that too much. No, you gave me like half the bottle. That's the perfect. <laughs> that's the perfect amount of alcohol. This is our cheers. Cheers to our newest patron supporter. Absolutely, and all you guys. Mm. Now is that not good? I like that. That's sweet. I like sweet wines, man. Oh, yeah. I always do. Yeah, it has kind of a fruity bouquet. Yeah, it's it's. it's, it's like, there's definitely uh, grapefruit in it. I'm trying to remember what else is in it, but it's like a really unique tasting wine. It tastes like adult juicy juice. Oh my god. This I is did not think about that, but yes, it tastes exactly like This is like adult that. juicy juice. I really, I'm taking another swig of this. This is awesome. But yeah, no, I, I really like everything this winery produced. Like, another one that they've had this winter is this, um, oh god, like, frost fruit wine. Mm -hmm. It's yellow. It's really good. <laughs> but okay, okay, let's get into those comments. Absolutely. Yes, we have a, a, a quite a number of comments to go over. Oh, yeah, uh, we're doing two videos. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing two we? videos. So, the first video of comments that we want to go over is we want to go over our ritual pasta with extra creepy uh, episode we did. Where we talked about all sorts of weird, creepy internet legends uh, and rituals that we got from the internet. Alright. Creepy California says... I played a game with some cousins from Mexico. They called it El Siblin Game. He's also called the Whistling Men in English. In the game, you go to a funeral at night when the moon is out and the sky is clear and you whistle a tune of the darkness... And the whistling man is supposed to whistle back. And when he responds to you, you got to get the hell out before he catches you or steal your bones. 
If he sounds too close, he's not. But when he sounds far away, he's close. Yeah, someone whistled back at us, and we booked it out of there. Okay, that's awesome. I like that. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Although, I think it's interesting that he's coming for your bones. That is awesome. From Thank you so much, creepy California super duper fan. Blue Steel says, Have you guys ever messed with an Ouija board? I've heard multiple accounts from them from my older relatives about using them and paranormal activity occurring afterwards. I'm normally pretty skeptical about that kind of thing. But I do believe their experiences. It's the main reason I refuse to even touch a Ouija board. Okay, you, you th- go this first. This is a good question. I want to know: Have you ever used a Ouija board? Wait, okay, you know, because you know what I'm about yeah, to I, say. I know, I know, I know that you're very anti Ouija. I board. am anti Ouija board. Does that stem from like any sort of experience or anything? No, the whole thing is literally stranger danger. <laughs> you're literally getting, uh, you're literally getting a board out, and you're communing with things that you don't really know their names with. And the whole weird thing about the thing with the Ouija board is you, like, ask the spirits, ghosts, whatever, questions. Nobody ever, like, contemplates the concept of something lying to you or messing with you in Everyone these sorts of things. Everyone should contemplate that. I, don't, I think you're assuming no one contemplates no, that. No, I, I don't. Okay, I am sorry. I have watched dozens and if dozens and dozens of, of videos of people using Ouija boards and read accounts on the internet of people doing it. I have never once ever heard a person even consider the possibility that the thing that's talking to them is lying to them. I think whenever you're dealing with the paranormal, you should assume there's a possibility of deceit. Yeah. As for me, I haven't really messed with one since like high school, but yes, I've used a Ouija board many, many times. <laughs> I'm personally against it. I think if you're giving that sort of a thing attention, I think it's probably just going to be bad news bears. I don't know. I think any sort of paranormal investigation is giving it attention, and I'm not against that. The thing is this, I think you raise a really good point that you shouldn't ever trust anything that you're communicating with, but I'm not necessarily against utilizing a a Ouija board for the purposes of research. I, I Clearly, I don't. I do paranormal investigations all the time, and like I said, I haven't touched one since high school, but like... If a myth said this is supposed to be like a place where Ouija boards are supposed to be especially accurate or anything like that, mm-hmm. sure, I'm going to test that. All right. What's wrong with you, man? Says moderate drinking is lame. Why not forever? Cranberry juice, grape juice, and crown apple. I, those aren't bad choices. I like crown apple. <laughs> Although whenever I drink a, drink a crown, I always like to drink it straight. <laughs> Although I do like wines. The more that the more that we've been doing this, the more I've just developed an appreciation for wine. And what are you talking about moderate drinking? Usually when I do these here lately, since we switched to wine, I've been clearing like a whole bottle <laughs> most episodes. It's not going moderate over here. I mean we're both we're both big dudes. We're both over six three, over two forty, some of us over possibly two ninety. I am not. <laughs> what? I don't know how much you weigh. I'm guessing. I'm doing I'm one like of those. Like car- two seventy. Two since when? Well, it wasn't the two sixties <laughs> until I started going to the gym every day. But now I'm putting on a ton of muscle and I'm hungry all the time. <laughs> Sorry, I would fail as one of those carnival weight guessers. Also, it's just fun to call you fat. Okay, sorry. Anyway, on to our next episode, uh, episode 47. We we uh, had Casper Oliver on in our Tales by Monitor Light episode. Which I uh, really think should have called Casper the Friendly Co-host. I really <laughs> that was a good that was a good that was a good name pitch. I like that. Uh, who, by the way, uh, is uh, is a fantastic uh, has a fantastic audio drama 
uh, Jar of Rebuke uh, in our last episode. If you guys want to check that out, make sure that you go over to our last episode. We got all the links uh, for his audio drama. And his audio drama heavily deals with the paranormal, especially in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Connie says, can't wait to see your investigations because we talked about actually getting some equipment and going out and videotaping some of our actual investigations in the field. Oh yeah, I got this new harness in that you attach a GoPro to and you attach a bunch of lights on it as well because the GoPro, the GoPro doesn't do that well in mm. the dark. And actually, um, I've been on an investigation fairly recently checking out uh, Bulldog Bridge and that was mm-hmm. pretty interesting. We might talk about it at some point, but... I didn't have the camera yet, so it wasn't recorded. Yeah, so, yeah, we actually have some equipment now for us to be able to actually start putting on the content with the, us in the field so that you guys can check that content out. We'll keep you guys up to date as we're getting those more developed. Maybe I will make you poop your pants out on one of these investigations I, by using a Ouija board. I, first of all, I have never freaked out that much on an investigation. I don't know. The, the way you talk about Ouija boards makes me think, like, as soon as you see I, one in the field, you're just going to lose your I am a child of the 90s. I am, you know, where we were taught a stranger danger and that strangers are going to be offering us candy and we're going to end up on a milk cart. I think you watch the craft too many times. Like, uh, like I said, not, most of the time I ever messed with a Ouija board, it was just... A little boring that's why i never really went back to it the only weird thing i ever happened was everyone's fingers got really hot once but i'm not putting that above the likelihood of someone said it and then we all mentally just thought our fingers were getting hot i i don't remember ever getting anything really interesting from a ouija board besides learning the name angkor wat like one of the oldest temple structures in the world some entity said it died there. I'm like, Ankar Wat? What What the hell is this? So I went and looked it up, and that's how I found yeah. out it existed. There's also tons of entities that are just only Ouija board specific that are drawn to you when you start using Ouija boards. But anyway, I feel like we have now the premise of a good podcast episode, which very <laughs> almost, that just became like right now as we're discussing the Ouija he's, board. He's giving me the move on look. I know. No, we're going to be, we're going to be coming back to this concept, guys. Don't worry. We'll do a debate of Vic versus Marcus on the discussion of Ouija boards. And at what point, I guess you were sick on uh, Stranger Danger Day at school. Like you just <laughs> didn't go to school that day, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, Izzy28 says, this was great since I'm from the Midwest as well, Illinois. And it's amazing to hear you guys talk with a guest that's from the Midwest that is very knowledgeable. Casper was very knowledgeable. Can you guys recommend any paranormal books on the Midwest? Ooh, specifically on the Midwest is uh, the only one I have off the... Okay, I got a few. Uh, Hunted Hoosier Trails 1 and 2 are both very good reference guides because it's broken down by county and you can just quickly like scroll through. I used to have... Uh, two copies of them with like tons of my own personal anno- or annotations in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I hope I still have them somewhere on our shelves here. But here anymore, I mainly just utilize my own journals. Um, another good one is the one that I mentioned when we were talking on the podcast. I believe I brought this up. Um, Indiana Monsters that's good is one. a really fascinating read. Weird Kentucky, that's another good book too. I remember I remember. Uh... I remember seeing that on the shelves and checking that out once before. I think that's a good. That's another good book too. Also, if you're interested in some stuff that's just on uh, the Midwest, 
Uh, you should go check out our, oh God, what were they, what, what, what do we call it? When, uh, remember, we, we actually did a whole like segment, like a whole series on stuff from the Midwest on our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Candlelight Strolls, that's right. Yeah, we stopped doing that, I think, in season three, three? or four, but yeah. it was all just Midwest yeah. stuff. Yeah, if you want to go check out a bunch of stuff, like that's just us talking about paranormal in the Midwest, go check out our Candlelight Strolls on our YouTube channel because we have a ton uh, videos that we put on there that's all targeted just for the Midwest because there's so much strange stuff in the Midwest. I kind of miss doing candlelight strolls sometimes. I'm not saying we can't go back and do more stuff in the... I, I think a lot of it what it was was we really just got really heavily into doing... The more and more we got comfortable with talking about the paranormal, the more we started just big, doing these bigger and bigger case files and, no, eventually, and then eventually we just decided on the idea of just starting the podcast. Yeah, that's fair. It, it was a it was a, pro, a it, process. It wasn't too long after the uh, it wasn't too long after we stopped doing the candlelight strolls that we ended up like starting testing the waters with like some of our podcast ish episodes we did like on mermaids and men in black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we are finally ready to dive into paranormal weather phenomenon, which I'm super excited that we got to pick. Uh, this particular topic because we've we've got a lot of just strange and weird stories and we've touched about we touched on this a little bit a little bit I think we did a top five that definitely yeah. brushed up with this yeah we did a top five video on our YouTube channel which so we didn't really go whole deep into anything particular I guess a bit into our harp episode but that was really not our best work yeah and I first of all I thought the the video editing on that was oh the good. video thank editing you, was you. fine thank it's you. just when you put us on stuff that's strictly you know, conspiracy, it's just not really where Conspir we shine. Conspiracies are, are, are touchy. But uh, also, and there was a, uh, in one of our Pillow Talk segments, we got into a little bit on some strange things that have fell from the sky. But now we're doing a whole month dedicated where we can really talk about the science behind some of this and some of the weird stories that we talked. So I thought for today what we could talk about is strange animals that have fallen from the sky. But no normal animals falling from the sky. No normal animals. Strange animals. Yeah, it's got to be strange animals. It's got to be weird things falling from the sky. No, we'll be talking about normal animals in very <laughs> abnormal situations. Like, even if you like this particular animal, if it's falling on you probably from the sky, it's probably going to piss you off and upset you. Okay, some of the things that we're going to talk about today are strange and unusual, but we can explain. And there are some things we're going to talk about today that are strange and unusual that we can't explain. And then we're going to talk about some stuff that's just just. 100% out there that I can't even conceive on why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but where do we want to start? Because I know that you probably have a half dozen cases and I probably have a half dozen well, cases. You pitched the first one. What do you want to talk about? Okay. Let's talk about, since you kind of hinted to it earlier, let's talk about spider rains. Oh, I think spider rains. Yes. I think that's a nice, easy one for us to edge into. It kind of has an explanation. Actually, it has a pretty good explanation. But I think that that's a fun one to test the waters yeah. on. So I remember this, because we never talked about spiders raining down from the sky in any of our previous episodes. This was a relatively new one. But I knew that this was the thing where people have reported like millions of spiders raining down from the sky on you. And I don't care how much you like spiders if millions of spiders start raining down on you, that's going to ruin your day. Like you're going to like you're going to probably going to revoke like throw away your PETA membership really really fast and start like freaking out. Like even just that, they're falling 
in webs, <laughs> which is just going to be incredibly uncomfortable. Even the the girl who does the YouTube videos where she puts her pet spider in her mouth and let it lets it crawl out. Whoa. I didn't think she would start swinging at that point. Oh my god, that's so disgusting. Are those popular videos, or is that just Ellie showing me the weirdest? That stuff is disgusting. That is disgusting. You ruined my day telling me about that. Don't tell Ellie, but I also think it's kind of gross. That is gr- it is gross. I wouldn't put a normal. I wouldn't put any animal that's alive in my mouth. Let alone a spider. That's disgusting. But there are parts of the world where spider rains happen. Yeah, so uh, there there was this video circulating around from 2013. Uh, Eric Reese, uh, he's a 20-year-old web designer from Santo Antonio de Plantina. Got that right. Uh, which is in Brazil. And he recorded this video of two uh, of millions of spiders raining down from the sky. And the, you know the scariest part about this? The scariest part about this? The people where this is at said that this is not bizarre to them. Oh, yeah. I've heard of accounts of this happening in South America, in parts of Africa, as well as in Australia. Basically, what happens is a strong wind blows through. And in some areas of the world, it's colonies feeding spiders. And I believe that's what's happening in Argentina. Is you have all these colony feeding spiders on these large webs. Those webs get swept up into the air, but the web's so thin it's pretty much invisible. So it's just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of these spiders on this invisible web, invisible web that's slowly raining down on you. And then you have thousands and thousands and thousands of spiders now displaced in the middle of your oh, town. God. Now going nuts trying to figure out what to do in this new biome. Dude, it's crawl I feel like I have like phantom crawling sensations. All over my body. Don't right think now. about fleas. Oh, oh, or head oh, lice. God. Oh god, that creeps. That creeps me out. The concept. That's one of the weird things about so many of these stories involving like animals and stuff. Like some of these things, like spiders or even iguanas. That was one that I found too. Oh, you like, want to talk about that one? Yeah, I'm going to that one next. Now, this is another one that has an explanation, but it's just weird as heck. Yeah, but apparently, like in, like, in the south of the equator, it's not uncommon for people literally just to be walking along one down a trail, and an iguana falls from a tree, like, right on top of you, and it starts raining iguanas from trees. Yeah, the issue is, and this happened in, I think the most famous case of this happening was in Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about iguanas, you know, they're cold-blooded like most reptiles. When the temperature drops too low, they can't regulate their body, and they'll either go into a torpor, or they'll just straight up die. And if the if most of them reach this point at the same time, and then a nice wind blows through, the wind's gonna knock all of them out of the trees onto <laughs> anyone who's you know below the trees. An unsuspecting again, person. We that's have an wanting. explanation for this one, but still, this would suck. Iguanas can be heavy. I know they're, they're big. I remember I remember when I was a kid walking into like. Some of the pet shops that my parents would take us in, and the iguanas being like, you know, like what five feet long? I mean, they're big, with like sharp claws, like with like sharp claws. Well, it's not the claws you need to worry about; it's the tail. They can whip real hard with that tail. And the thing is, many of these iguanas that are knocked out while they're in this torpor state, after they hit you, they're gonna wake up <laughs> and they're gonna be mad because they hurt, and they're going to assume it's your fault. Like, I was, th- I was taking a nap, and I was in the tree, and then I. And then, then when I woke up, I was falling from the tree, and I laid on you, it's your fault now. Then they start, like, whipping you and clawing at you. Okay, I've got one that's going to be real hard to explain here. Okay. Okay. There's not a lot of information on this case, except for that apparently it was recorded that this happened. In December of 1857, in Montreal, 
there was a reign of lizards. Mm-hmm. Somewhat connected to that one, but Montreal is in the province of Quebec. There are no native species of lizards in Quebec. What you didn't know? Quebec, you, what you didn't know? Quebec was like famous for their exports of lizards. Well, no, I actually went through a whole thing <laughs> of studying the lizards that live in Canada, mm-hmm. and then I realized none of them lived in Montreal. So then I just Google searched, "Are there any lizards in Montreal?" And I came back that no, there are no native lizard species of Quebec. So is raining lizards in Quebec, and there are no native lizard species. In Quebec. There is no good natural explanation for this. Because it's, it's not going to be like the spiders case or the mm. iguana case. Where you just have these native species displaced. These are just a falling rain of lizards. Did they say what kind of lizards they were? I really wish they did. Uh, this was, like I said, this was in the 1800s. I would... They probably didn't have a taxonomist there. And there's not a lot of information on it. For me to get a description, because if I got a description, like I said, I've been doing a lot of research on lizards in Canada this month. I could probably figure out what species it was, but I just couldn't find any accounts that give a detailed description of the lizard. Did you just say that I've been spending a lot of time researching the lizards of Canada this month? Yeah, do you know there's horny toads that live in Canada? I did not know that. Yeah, but isn't that nuts? You normally think about them in like, you know deserty reasons in the southwest i was stunned and surprised that there's a species that lives in canada and you know what's re- okay here's another thing oh, that subspecies I, well here's another thing that i find really 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 weird about any of these stories involving anything raining from the sky like it's not like they're landing on pillows so like if lizards like are literally raining down from the sky in montreal should it like the next day's article be like hordes of birds <laughs> swarm Montreal? I'm going to assume it's similar to, like I said, there's not a lot of information on this. But I'm going to assume it's similar to many other cases where you have animals falling from the sky. Some of them are hitting and dying. Some of them are surviving. So probably about half of them ran away <laughs> to do God knows what because there aren't supposed to be lizards in Montreal. Like... You wouldn't even think after this occurred, then they would have at least one species of lizard. God, I really... Okay, so it really makes me wonder, honestly, like, if... Well, actually, I was really about to say, like, was this thing, like, was it flying? I don't know if I don't know if airplanes were a thing, like, back then at this point, either. Because there was a lot of, like, stories involving weird things, like animals falling from the sky. But most of the story just ends with, oh, that a Russian plane was flying and then got up... Then had to, for some reason, dump its cargo and just kicked it out of its plane. Which seemed to have been a trend in many, many stories of strange things falling from the sky. If in 1856 there was a cargo plane carrying tons of lizards and they suddenly had to dump them over the city of Montreal, I would be very surprised. Well, I don't think 1856 is what they're going to be. I don't think 1856 is uh, a, a year that that's going to be happening in. <laughs> so that makes it even just weirder well, the thing to is, me that something like that is happening. So for, for some of these, there's some potential natural explanations like even with the fish falls that we're probably going to be getting into a bit later there's at least theories on why it occurs we know fish falls happen and we have theories on perhaps why they occur although they don't hold up that well what's a fish fall a fish fall is when it rains fish oh yeah but the thing is this there is no good possible explanation where that where the end result is it then started raining non-native lizards this is like some crazy hocus pocus stuff. I, I'm at a last to even possibly explain this. And I'll give you another one that's even weirder. 
Mm-hmm. Once again, this one's from Canada. Once again, there's not a lot of information on it. Canada, the land of strange rains. Oh, apparently, yeah. Let me find the year. There it is. In 1846, in Carleton? Carleton. Carleton in October, it started raining red angle worms, which is a species of just basically earthworm. Now, most of the time when you have a reign of an animal is because, if, if there is a logical explanation, it's because a tornado, a water spout, or a wind has displaced them. These are freaking earthworms. From the earth. No. What <laughs> wind is going to displace a bunch of earthworms? Sure, maybe a wind strong enough to rip out some of the topsoil. But then it's going to be raining topsoil as well. Maybe it was maybe it, maybe it was a bait shop that just this tornado got really pissed off at. So it just picked it all up and just hurled it. I guess perhaps. <laughs> but uh, it's absolutely... Some of these falls are absolutely bizarre and that's probably one of the strangest ones i've heard of i really wish there's more detail at least this one gave me a species name i'm I'm suspecting the day after that the news read and then canada mobilized their fishermen (laughs) to go out uh to remove said fish but what do you think any of this could be like even if you're just grasping at possibilities like let's just say we're going all the way out the deep end immediately Oh, what possibilities do you think exist uh, out there? Plan A for me is somebody is not letting somebody's people go. <laughs> like this is this sounds like this is the beginning of the 12 plagues of Canada and the prime minister of Canada went, "You know what? I know where this lands up. We're good." I mean, there there is some groundwork there for it being based in some sort of religious miracle. Although I don't know why there would need to be a miracle like that, but I mean, there is some groundwork for it. Also, like when it comes to frog falls, the traditional what's the traditional explanation the, for the frog falls? Yeah. Oh, what's, uh, the, what's the old European answer to why is this happening? Oh, I know, I know. Oh, the Jews. No, no. The, the <laughs> you other said thing, the old, old. The other thing solution. old Europeans <laughs> like to blame things on. I'm pretty. I'm not gonna think, lie. Think they about were, the Malleus Maleficarum. Oh, sorry, witches. Yeah, witches. Sorry, like, like, they would attribute to that mean there's a witch in the you, area. You said who did like the old. European people blame them. There's a lot of people blaming them for a lot of things for a long time. But in this situation, no, it is. They did not blame it on them. They blamed it on witches. Witches, okay. But my only thought is perhaps some sort of dimensional vortex that's displacing large numbers of animals. There seems to be somewhat of a trend of these are animals that perhaps one might find in a lake. Um, but it's still very confusing. And even like if we go back to um, the lizard rain in Montreal, one of the things that I was looking into was what's commonly mistaken as lizards in that area. And I found an article pretty much saying that if you see a lizard in Quebec, what you're actually seeing is either something that escaped from a terrarium, which I'm going to imagine back in in 1857 was not a common practice Uh or you're seeing a salamander and mistaking it for a lizard but at that salamanders will spend most of their time underground like i'm not totally convinced i'm not okay so the fact of the matter that that when you when you see these stories involving either earthworms or or lizards getting out more specifically the lizards you know it I, I, it is quite possible to me that maybe there was some sort of like a a large shipment of lizards that was being transported that was hurled by a storm. 
Because that was the thing. I mean, the exotic pet trade's been going on for thousands of years. I mean, it's where quite possible that somebody was moving some sort of large container of lizards for what, for some unknown reason, and maybe a storm picked it up and hurled a, all the boxes somewhere, or maybe the, literally they just opened up the boxes and just said, hey, here we go, and just let, and just let them out. Yeah, but the pet trade back then was very niche. It wasn't like... It, it wasn't com- the commercial pet trade you see now- nowadays. It was mm-hmm. like a black market um, exotic animals exporting. Um, yeah, perhaps there would be some lizards being moved, but let's say that you're in that period way before, you know, or well before you have pet shops being a common thing. What, where are you sending this large amount of lizards? Oh, uh, I don't know. Exotic pet owners in Canada? Yeah, maybe some of them, but not enough for someone to con- consider. Let, let's let's say, like, yeah, you might be moving a dozen lizards for the 12th century people you know in Canada who want to have these pet lizards. But it, if those lizards then fall from the sky, you're not going to call that a rain of lizards. Okay, okay. It's like 12. Option two, that it is some sort of grouchy old man that is engaging in uh, eco-terrorism on one of his neighbors. He has crafted a large catapult and is hurling <laughs> lizards across to his neighbors that have upset him. I mean, the cat- the catapult, it's an explanation I've heard before, because in Evansville, a bit north of here, there was a diner that back in the 50s, it used to rain rocks over. And it never fully got explained on why these rock falls would occur. Mm-hmm. But one of the theories was there's a local kid somewhere out there with a catapult shooting large amounts of gravel <laughs> at this diner. So and I've heard things like this, but the thing is, if this is a local person hiding out there or some kids hiding out there with a catapult, there aren't any native lizards. They're having to import lizards to do this. Or perhaps they're gathering salamanders and they're being misidentified. Mm-hmm. But still, I've hunted salamanders before. It's a lot of effort to find salamanders in the wilderness. I really wonder if, honestly, if the, if the rain is metaphor, <laughs> if the rain is just metaphorical, and just these lizards just showed up in a town one day, and that it might have been some sort of natural disaster that might have been causing a migration of lizards in the, like somewhere nearby. Now I don't know. And again, like we don't said, know what kind of lizards they are, but that could be that could be definitely be an explanation of what could cause lizards to move and migrate. I mean, in this situation with these two specific articles from Canada, we do have a horrible lack of information. Perhaps it is more metaphorical and perhaps it is some form of migration. Species do move around for various reasons. I would be surprised that you see a bunch of lizards suddenly migrating into Quebec where yeah. like, it just seems to be a generally inhospitable area for lizards. Well, I think if it's going to be metaphorical, the, the, it's going to be from some sort of rural town, but it's, Mon- I mean, we're in Montreal, like Quebec, like this is where the news reporters are going to be coming from. So I, I don't, it probably isn't. So, I mean, the people probably got there with enough time to see if it's really happening. But I don't know. What do you want to hit next? Fish falls. Let's do fish falls, man. Where do you want to start? Because fish falls are one of the most common things to rain from the sky. Yeah. I was going over like dozens of stories involving like things that have rained from the sky and fish. Fish happen so frequently. There's numerous articles of like stories of fish falls occurring like all over Africa and things like that. I know for I know for I know for sure. Oh yeah, both my dad and my grandfather have been in fish falls. I believe my dad said he was driving through a back road around Fort Wayne, and then my grandfather and my dad were both present during a massive um, rainfall in Seymour, Indiana, because they were working on building up the sandbags around buildings, 
and they were in a fish fall then. What what kind of fish was raining then? They just said small fish that looked like minnows. God, could you imagine the smell? Well, a, I mean, if it's minnows, fall? they're just going to when the rain goes away, it's just going to wash the fish corpses. I know, but there has been. It's not like in Australia where it was raining perches. Yeah, like, oh god, I can't even imagine the stink from a fish fall. Nah, uh, I don't think I, I, I don't think it'd be as bad as you're making it out. I just there's there's no perch. Okay, okay, yes. Uh, sorry, I thought you were talking about like where it's raining minnows. That wouldn't be that bad. Yes, if it's raining perch, it's probably going to be bad in a few days. You're you're going to need some cats, lots of cats. But it's interesting that fish falls are pretty much the most reported one. Effectively, science has had to accept the fact that fish falls do happen. They have given some possible explanations, but there's no real solid explanation on why fish falls occur. And some of the answers that they give just don't fit the parameters of what actually happened. Mm -hmm. So some fish falls possibly explained by things like water spouts, but I can find holes in some of those theories that are very odd. Like, mm. usually in a fish fall, what happens is a singular species of fish seems to rain down, not a wide variety that like mm. what you expect. Especially if it was, say, around the ocean, where if a water spout picked it up, it's going to be picking up a diversity of life. Mm. Beyond that, you're not seeing other lake-based things getting dropped. You should be seeing algae, tons of algae. If you've ever been around a pond, like, plant biomatter is all over everything <laughs> on the surface and below. Mm -hmm. You should see this stuff raining down probably more noticeable than, say, the fish. Absolutely. It always perplexes me, but, like, people in, like, in, like, like me from the city that don't realize that fish falls are a thing. Where, and it's super common. I mean, I can start spotting off dates from you guys. But if you go, like, there's reports of these in India, Sri Lanka, Mexico... All from the 2000s, where this has all happened within the last ten, within the last ten years, where people just literally are just out there, and it just started raining fish from the sky. And you can find them mentioned in ancient texts as well. <coughs> Sorry there, but you know the thing that I find most striking: yes. how if fish falls are so common that there is no such thing as a reinforced umbrella. <laughs> Seriously. Well, first I wouldn't call them common. They're still fairly rare. They just exist enough for a whale. They're not considered paranormal. It's just more considered some aspect of science that we don't fully understand. Like, I feel like this is some sort of, like, disconnect from the country and city. Or people from the from the city don't realize that fish falls are, that fish falls are a thing. That if you go into the country, you may, have, you may have to watch out for fish raining from the sky. Oh, I don't know. Like, some of, some of these falls happen over large cities. But, like, uh, I tried to look into the one that my dad experienced around Fort Wayne. I couldn't find any information on it. I, but he said he was on a rural like, county road. There's a chance that there just might not have been that many people to experience it, and thus it just never hit the historical record that it ever occurred. That's true. It's just somebody driving by going, oh, that's a strange lot of fish just lying on the side of the road for some unknown reason. How is there no reinforced umbrellas? Seriously, I'm going back to that comment. Why are like, you right stuck there. on reinforced umbrellas? Okay, because first of all, if I have to now worry about when I step outside my door, not only being kidnapped by some sort of cult, which you, which um, which is my biggest fear, but of having like a large fish falling on my head and cracking my neck, I feel like this should be a thing. I mean, some of these things, well, mo for the most part, it's not it's not large fish. It's generally small fish. Although there is some danger. There's that guy from the Falkland Islands 
who got hit with a squid in a block of ice falling from the sky. You're making that up. No, I'm not. I'm not. Let me let me pull up the article. Squid so in a block the, of ice that fell from the sky. I don't have that article popped up, so I need to look it up to give you the the year. That blows but, the that blows the cow here, story that I have out. That blows the cow story that I had out me, of the water. Let me search it. But yeah, okay. a man on a fishing boat in the Falkland Islands uh-huh. is knocked unconscious, and he wakes in the hospital a few days later, after finding out that by from his crewman that a squid frozen. And it's not just a frozen squid. It's a squid frozen in a block of ice. Fell from the sky and struck him in the head. That is bizarre. It, it It's absolutely nuts. I mean, unless, like, this perhaps, I guess, could be one of those situations where it's from an airplane. But if you're transporting frozen squid in an airplane, you don't transport them in one big frozen block of ice. You know, you you keep them cold and you keep them in a crate mm-hmm. and you allow the coldness from each squid being stacked next to each other to stave off the heat. You, they're not just in a big block of ice. So you're going, you, you critiqued me, you, you criticized me for being concerned about why aren't there reinforced umbrellas? And then you bring up a story about a squid encased in a thing of ice that just falls on somebody Yes, from the it sky. happened to one guy in the Falkland Islands, and I found no accounts of it happening to anyone else. Did you hear about the story of the cow that fell? That sank? I actually do not know this you didn't, one. You didn't know the story of the cow. 1997, uh, the uh, authorities in Japan had to rescue a fishing boat as it was sinking. And whenever the, whenever the Japanese authorities... Uh, spoke to the fishermen because they weren't supposed to be there they said that a cow fell from the sky and crushed their boat and now caused it to sink by any chance is it is it known was the cow ever recovered or did it or did the boat sink too fast no it was just like it, no the, the cow fell in the water because they're out in the middle of the, of the sea of japan now but come to find out that what ended up happening was that the russian authorities said that they were flying a cargo plane over the sea of japan and the cow was on the plane and it became unruly, so their only solution was to throw it out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was making that up. That is part of the story. I kid you not. The Russian authorities said, "Yeah, the pilot said that the problem is the cow became too unruly on the on the on the on the plane, so their only solution was to eject the cargo." And they, like they dropped the odds of it hitting a fishing vessel is so surprising. Yeah. And I'm truthfully. I'm not gonna lie. How, was it? Do you know? Was it a large fishing vessel? Was it a modernized fishing vessel? It was a. I would say a uh, vessel the size that a single falling cow could sink it. Yeah, you know, well, that's <laughs> what I'm wondering about. I really wouldn't think a falling cow hitting a modernized fishing vessel, even if it's dropped from a high altitude. I really feel like that's just going to splatter everyone with cow guts and <laughs> probably not sink the fishing vessel. So I'm wondering if this might have been an older fishing vessel. It probably it was probably something made of wood. If it was, oh, I can't remember the name of the old style wooden Japanese bows. They're really cool. Yeah. But I can't remember the name. Could you of imagine? Them. Could you imagine? Not, try, a, ju- not a junk. Could, the other one. Could you imagine that the Japanese the Japanese cops, like being told that what what caused your ship to sink was a cow falling from the sky? No, imagine being that fisherman. Because <laughs> I imagine like it took years before the Soviet Union, you know, disclosed this happened. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to call you crazy for like half your life. I imagine that's what it sounded like. Like I feel like you would probably think there's like an air raid siren that's going off somewhere. And there's a there's a big part of me that wants to say, yeah, and that's probably what happened with the squid. 
But the thing is, that's not how you transport frozen squid. <laughs> like you, you don't, you don't get a bunch of squid in water and freeze them and transport them that way. I can't. I'm having a hard time understanding why a squid in a block of ice would be being transported by a plane. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that either. I also don't know why so many solutions and so many of these stories too involving like actually there's another story involving it was in the early two thousands that a Russian cargo plane was flying overhead and they had to dump some material and they dumped like over two hundred pounds of like gold, platinum and gems like into the Siberian tundra. Why didn't this happen over my house? I know, and they just tossed the stuff out of the plane, and. You know the funny part of that story was they were they said they recovered most of it. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> that's someone trying to save their butt. I know they said they got most of it. They said don't worry. That means probably somewhere out there there was a bunch of buried treasure that fell from a Russian cargo plane. I would be interested, but God, I don't I don't want to go to Siberia. Do you remember when we did that video on the Siberian domes, and we learned about like oh, yeah, yeah, how, yeah, 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 how yeah. dangerous it is to actually travel through Siberia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go. They they can they can keep the gems and bars of gold, man. It is not worth it. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to develop like agoraphobia from like reading so many of these accounts of just weird animals just falling from the sky. But it really makes me sometimes paranoid about walking out of my house and just some random animal is gonna fall on me. You know, Marcus, it would make my day if every time you leave a building, you stop and then timidly glance up to the sky to make sure there's not a cow about to careen into. Okay. You. Okay. Here's here's another one. I'm gonna tell you right now. Would you not believe that it would be possible for somebody to get admitted to our host- to the hospital, claiming that they're that they're worried about fish falling from the sky? Oh yeah, and that no, people 100%. don't know that this is a real thing. A hundred percent. Like I think most people do not understand that fish falls and frog falls and stuff like that occur. Mm-hmm. I think that many people would consider that to be someone uh, exhibiting psychosis. Yeah, absolutely. But now here I am now I have to be terrified walking out my own front door now that some sort of animal is going to fall on me. Which, by the way, then is probably going to splat and then hordes and hordes of birds. Like Alfred Hitchcock, the birds too. That's, you know, is going to be, is going to show up the next day. I say roll the dice on. Just step out the door. Just go for it. Odds <laughs> are when you step out of your house, you're not going to be hit by like a falling cow or a squid frozen in a block I'm, of ice. No. Uh, first of all, the one thing that we should know is anytime you delve into the paranormal... The more likely paranormal things are going to happen. So actually, my chances of having some sort of random animal falling on me is actually higher, I would say, than the common man. Yeah, but Nick Redfern probably needs to be more worried about than you are. I bet you he has a patent on a reinforced umbrella. I say send him an email. I bet you he doesn't. Dear Dear Nick Redfern, do you have a reinforced umbrella? Sincerely, a concerned citizen. P.S. You're awesome, and you are a treasure in the world of the paranormal. Okay, what what else? What else you got? Oh, of other strange things falling from the, falling from the sky. Do you have this? Do you have the thing up for uh, the Japanese tadpole thing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that was in 2004, I do believe. I was gonna do seashells. Actually, it's happened a couple times. No, no, no. Did no, you I... just say seashells? Nope. You didn't want to talk about that. I you don't want... know that one. I, I I didn't come across that one. Okay. Okay, sorry. In North Carolina, a house was uh, absolutely covered in seashells, but it was just one house. The coated yard covered the, uh, they coated the yard, the driveway, and filled up the gutters. There was a couple in the neighbor's yard, but the majority was just on one house. The problem is, is that the nearest house, or ocean, was 80 miles away. Okay, where was this and when, when was this? North Carolina. Where? I was just scrolling through an article that I read on that. I was, I was going for... Does it have a year? 
No, not on this one. I could look it up while we're talking about the fish. Well, we could talk while we're talking about the. I would. This that the is absolutely frogs. That's absolutely crazy, though. Like, okay, most of these falls happen over an area. There's not a good. There's not a good explanation on why first seashells, basically the protective armor of mollusks, would fall over a specific house that far from the ocean. There's just. <sighs> Okay, let, let me show you the absurdity of trying to explain this real fast with the scientific explanations. When you have displaced creatures, their general explanation is, oh, if it's a water creature, it must have been a water spout. So you had a water spout go over probably a shallow part of the ocean that's heavily laden with mollusks. Mm -hmm. It picked up a lot of the mollusks, but sucked the shells off, but not they brought the actual mollusks with them. I'm assuming these didn't have actually moss in it, or mm -hmm. it probably would have been mentioned. And also, for some reason, didn't pick up a ton of the sand. Mm -hmm. And then it traveled how many miles inland? Hundreds? Oh, yeah, 80 miles. Then this water spout traveled 80 miles inland to dump it over one specific house. See, this is my problem with the water spout explanation. There's too many things that just don't make sense. Like, usually it's just a singular species. Or, in this case, seashells. I feel like... Whatever's going on here is extremely strange to the point where I'm struggling to come up with even a paranormal explanation for it. I get why the scientific community is struggling to define why this happens because it's this is a crazy situation. Dude, we're going to get into that. Like I know like eventually down the road this month, we're going to get into that where like so many of these bizarre weather phenomenon that scientists just have guesses. Like, weather science is really, really weird. Where they're really not fully able to fully explain why certain things happen. And it's just, it makes it all that just much more strange. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of um, things that science, when it comes to meteorology, there's plenty of things that science knows exist but cannot fully mm -hmm. explain. Like, there are aspects of ball lightning that they cannot explain. Mm -hmm. There are aspects, there's a type of extremely rare lightning strike called a blue fairy. Yeah. That we don't fully understand. Yeah. Later in the month, guys, we're going to talk about blood rain. That's going to be a whole episode in and of itself, probably. I bet that we end up talking about that. Where scientists are still having a, their best guess at what causes blood to rain from the sky. But it looks like... Oh, goodness. We're, we're hitting our time. We're, we're going to continue this discussion in our Pillow Talk segment yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Our, uh, for our um, patrons. Yeah. But, okay, let's... Let's attempt to throw some sort of bow on this exceptionally bizarre case. Just give me your best. Which one? The, the seashells? No, just oh, any oh. of this. Any of this extreme oddness. Um, I think that there... I think that... My best guess at, at tackling on the, the strange animal falls is probably some bizarre science explanation with wind that we don't fully comprehend... And that it's probably so common. It's 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 common enough in places where these things happen that maybe nobody just fully delves into these to give us the full details about these stories that we should know. Like, are they alive? Are they dead? Do they splat? You know, other these sorts of intrinsic details. And then it just totally perplexes people, like from the from the from the inner city, like me from Indianapolis, like has, has didn't even know that this was a thing and any of these strange things I had never heard of one of these so I know that I'm not alone in hearing some of this for the first time that these are things that happen that can fall from the sky and if there's not a reinforced umbrella now 
Marcus D is about to patent one because apparently it's needed. Did you really not know these are a thing? Prior to us doing this, I knew before this episode, this particular episode, yes, I knew this was a thing. But like before you started studying this strange and unusual. No, I had absolutely no idea that these were a thing. Oh, 100% I, did not know this was a thing. I've known for a long time that these were real. Maybe they are more common in rural areas. If I was going to give you any sort of attempt at an explanation, perhaps it could be caused by some sort of natural occurring wind vortex. But the thing is, the parameters that are exhibited are so bizarre that I have a hard time believing that it's wind. Because wind would pick up objects indiscriminate based on the amount of force that the wind can exert to lift objects. But the thing is, what is being dropped does not seem to be that. We're not seeing a variety of things. Actually, usually it's even limited to a singular species. To the best, maybe something to do with dimensional vortexes or... I'm going to go way out in left field here, and maybe this is the uh, half bottle of wine I've drinking by this point talking, but it, uh, it seems like most of the animals that are being dropped in these falls are animals that could likely be found in a water system. If it's not something like a water spout, which, like I said, should be picking up diverse amounts of matter based on its you know weight... Maybe there's some sort of adjacent dimensional area where that area is underwater and somehow a portal is dropping it through or something along those lines. I know it's not a very convincing argument, but the thing is we're dealing with a subject matter that is so extremely strange. It's hard to grasp at things even in the realm of the paranormal to give you guys a satisfying conclusion. Like I've been, I've been, like basically pouring over theories involving could there be a adjacent plane where the water levels are just simply higher, and that's why you're seeing species that would exist in the area just kind of suddenly falling from the sky. I I don't know. It's just it's a, it's hard to use rationality to explain a fully irrational scenario. I really hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode because I think we're pushing time now. So, you know, let us know. Is there any other strange animal that you guys know that has rained from the sky? Have you guys ever experienced something like this where you've been in a frog fall, fish fall, worm fall, anything, cow fall, hopefully not, uh, where, you've had, where you've seen something strange fall from the sky? Let us know uh, if we missed something. Let us know in the comments below. If you're listening to this uh, episode, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you're checking out our podcast. Don't forget to leave us a like, a follow. That's, you know, that's always a fantastic thing for you guys to do. Um, hope you guys enjoy this episode, you know, because we love making these episodes for you. And do you know what's really unfortunate? Hmm? We're already over on time, and we haven't gotten to the two biggest cases that we could have talked about. Oh, no, we're going to be getting to them here in our, in our Pillow Talk segment. But until next time, guys, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. Okay, I have a question. Can I have $230? Yes. What are we spending it on? Okay. So apparently there is a company in Poland that actually makes unbreakable umbrellas. No. I Why? I first, am. Okay, first of all, and hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is what they say about these umbrellas. Check this out. I have three good arguments. One, they're legal to carry everywhere. Two, they never raise suspicions. Okay, this sounds like <laughs> it's a gun. <laughs> 
And three, this does not make you look silly. No stranger looks if carried by an able-bodied... If No stranger looks if carried by an able-bodied person. Okay, tell me about this umbrella. What the heck are you doing? So I was, I was researching to see if there really such a thing as a reinforced umbrella. And there is a company that literally makes unbreakable umbrellas that easily supports an entire person and a bulldog. Wait, what? Weird flex. Yeah, it's right there. See? Okay. Uh, no, this is dumb. No, look. It, look, there's a knife in this photo that probably means that it can protect you from knives, but that probably means that it can protect me from a cow riding from the sky. Maybe. Probably not, because I don't think I could hold the cow, but at least a fish fall, a frog fall. Marcus, just just keep taking your meds. Look, <laughs> hang on. No, I, first of all, I need to be protected now from strange animals that are falling from the sky. I need to, this is something that I need to have now. Okay, okay, let's get into the actual, <laughs> okay, before we get any further, what do you think about the wine? What do you think about the French Lick Pretty in Pink? I like the, I like this alcohol, man. This is a good wine. We almost like drank the entire bottle, man, talking about strange things falling from the sky, so. Yeah, oh yeah, it's called a American Catawaba Table Wine. Guys, I'm calling it, like, adult juicy juice. It has a very juicy juice sort of flavor. It's citrusy. It has, oh, it has watermelon in That's where another one of those yeah. flavors is coming from. It's a really kind of unique tasting wine. This is why every time I go to the liquor store, I usually pick up a bottle of this specific wine. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so very unique. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was good. That is so tasty. I love this wine. We're going to drink this again on another episode, guys. Oh, yeah, I've got like maybe two sips of this left, but I do have another bottle in the other room. Good, good, good. It's always good to be prepared for emergencies. Like with an unbreakable umbrella. I'm just saying. Okay, there's two cases of Falls I really wanted to get into that we just simply ran out of time on. Yeah, we're doing the tadpoles, right? I want to do the that one, and I want to do the perch rain in Australia. Okay, I mean, we touched a little bit on it. Yeah, but we haven't really got into like some of the real oddness well, of I, it. I feel like if we talked about tadpoles, that you'd probably be able to go the rest of this episode just okay, talking about that. Okay, we might just get general. to the tadpole segment, and since you guys are patrons, maybe we'll cover more in like just a special <laughs> episode just for you guys. But yeah. Okay. I, I did know that tadpole falls were a thing. I, the last time that I, I had heard about those in Japan was like 2000, June 2009 was the last one that I was familiar with when it was raining tadpoles from the sky. I actually was not that familiar with tadpole falls until fairly recently. Mm-hmm. But now that I know about them, I'm very interested. And I have found out this is just something that happens periodically. And it happens over much of Japan at times. Well, it's But it's also another example of just... Something of, for some reason, when people seem to report on these, it's always one type of thing rather than just a whole biome of fish and, like, biome of life. Oh, yeah. Like, lands somewhere, which is even stranger that, you know, tadpoles are going to be the weird the thing that's going to fall. Yeah, in most lake and pond ecosystems... No matter what stage the tadpole larva is at, there are going to be fish of similar size unless it's a very...